Welcome back to Full Bloom. I'm your host, Zorana, and this episode will be a political and cultural commentary on the current state of Australian media and society. So some of you may absolutely hate this episode, and that's cool. Do yourself a favour. If you're easily offended, I suggest jumping onto Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, and find something else. There are so many great things to listen to. You really don't need to listen to me if I piss you off. But for those that are genuinely interested, buckle up and enjoy the ride. Now, from 2019 to 2021, I studied and graduated with a Master of Media Practice from supposedly one of the most prestigious universities in Australia. Um, And I'm not saying that to sound like a wanker. I'm just trying to let you guys know. Um, I had some of the best training in radio, podcasting, creative writing, news writing, and then both online and offline journalism in this country. And that's what it truly was. Great training by some of the best I had absolutely brilliant professors and for that I'm super grateful. What do I have now? Well, no crazy media career just yet, only just a whole bunch of hex that's added up and I better start paying it off. But um, anyway, that's for another thing. Two things that stood out to me the most from the last two years of post-grad study in media. Well, one, the best selling news value in Australian society is conflict. So the vast majority of the news that we are fed daily is conflict related. Without conflict as the main topic of every news article, we as a society are sadly bored and lose interest. There have been many studies done on this and you can go Google the hell out of it if you want. Um, but to keep things interesting, the mainstream media go above and beyond to turn everything they can into a conflict, whether that's a full-blown physical conflict or mostly in Australia's situation, it's petty arguments, disagreements of all sorts, a whole bunch of name-calling, finger-pointing and completely wiping the floor with someone who is perceived to have done anything slightly wrong. I mean... There always has to be a villain for the story to make sense. And since we're such a great sporting nation, we turn every conflict into winners and losers because that's how it makes sense for your average Joe. Now, yeah, our media thrive off that crap here in Australia. It's like their lives depend on it. And they kind of actually do because if the news stories aren't conflict-ridden and interesting, nobody tunes in to watch and they've basically lost the audience. What I learned when I sorry when I learned this, everything made a whole bunch of sense to me. You know, I stopped wondering why the media so desperately tries to frame everything a certain way. Why there's always a, such a one-sided, biased approach to everything. Why we always have to have this like real villain figure in every news article that's presented to us. Like, it's just yeah. It makes sense. It really does. If you think back to it, if not, if you can't think back to anything, basically just pay more attention when you start watching the news from now on or even reading any um, article that you come across. Now, the second thing that really stuck with me was this last class that I had. Um, We were doing news reading for television and video journalism and we're in a TV studio, one that I rocked up late to and um, had my basically ass chewed off for starting off on the wrong foot. Now, I've told this story to many of my friends and family before, and I'm going to kind of do a very summarized version of events here. 
Um, I have walked in and I met the professor and former news anchor, Alison Ray, who basically asked the class who had plans of becoming a newsreader. It was like awkward silence. No one put their hand up and rightly so, apparently. Now, picture a classroom of about 15 international students from China and me. Like, you can imagine how much I stuck out. Um, And why am I saying this? Well, dear friends, international students pay twice the amount um, to do the same thing that we do and they do it up front. So nobody actually cares about the quality of our education in this country anymore or the language barriers that we have to face in post-grad study. The key is to fuel the universities with as much money as possible. Prestige, baby, that's where it's at. And that goes for UC, UNSW, UTS and even Macquarie. Anyways, back to my story. Um, so after no one raised their hand, Alison responds with, well, None of you have the right look for it anyway. Channels 7, 9, 10 and probably the ABC too prefer a blonde bimbo look. I laughed because I understood what she was going on about. Most international students though stared back blankly and confused because they're like, what the hell is this woman even saying? But there is a certain look. There's a nice Anglo blonde preferably and, you know, they'll throw in a brunette here or there sometimes. And perhaps, you know, one nice Indian looking man and, hey, if you're on Channel 10, you get lucky with one Middle Eastern woman too because, whoa, they got to fill that inclusivity quota and make sure everyone's happy. Um, That's the reality of Australian television. Now, my professor continued on saying much worse things about the blonde bimbos and what they have to do in order to advance their careers. But I won't go on about that here because, well, it's a bit too much. And just in case someone's listening with their kids, it was hilarious, though. And I've never heard a professor swear and speak the way she did. Um, There was absolutely no filter and I absolutely loved it. What I did love, though, was getting thrown into the spotlight right after that and having to read the news while sweating in front of so many cameras. Um, But according to Alison, I was a natural and I absolutely nailed it. So at one stage there, I was actually considering a career in reporting, presenting, whatever. I mean, it comes naturally, so why not, right? And then I sat there filling out a form for a cadetship with like, I think it was Channel 7 and it was one other one, probably the ABC too. And I got about three quarters of the way through this form and then thought to myself, do I seriously want to do this? Do I want to be somebody's minion sitting or standing there in front of a screen and reading out exactly what they tell me? You know, even if it stands against everything that I believe in, And even if I know morally that it is incorrect or horrible or that I just feel like an absolute idiot doing it, well, hell no. No, I cancelled the bloody applications and gave up because I genuinely believe, you know what, there's something waiting for me out there, maybe not right now, but hopefully in the near future, something that aligns with me and my values. And I also believe that alternative media is the way forward. There will be so much more of it coming up over the next few years because the mainstream media has just lost so much respect, especially during the last few years. You know, the way that they have hyped up the fear, the way that they have reported on the situation, and I don't blame all the individual reporters. You know, people need to understand that what they present is not in their own words. 
everything is so carefully controlled, scripted and organised that they really don't have much of a say. No journalist working for mainstream media does. Just like many of the people who got vaccinated in this country, not because they wanted to, but because their jobs and livelihoods were hanging over their heads and they got threatening emails. Well, that's journalists for you too. Not just with the vaccination thing, but hey, just life in general. And that's that's the sort of work that they sign up for. You have to present or represent the company that has employed you. You don't have freedom to write what you want and say what you want, not unless it completely aligns with the beliefs and stance of your employer and whichever company or media company you work for. Now, again, as I said, people's livelihoods depend on it, so they go along with it. But you'll never hear about that because, you know, hey, we're such a democratic and free nation. Everyone's got the right to their own opinion unless it disagrees with the majority. And, you know, I mean, the ones that kind of get away with are those that are brave enough to work as freelancers, you know, which is not easy nor consistent. So good luck paying rent when you try and do work as a freelancer. Um, but I guess there's a very, very lucky few that – maybe find a media agency or company that is fair and that shares the same values and morals as them. And then that's the only chance that they get at basically writing and saying what they actually believe in and what they actually want to. Now, some journos and presenters are absolute scum. They really are. They're super arrogant. They probably align with the news outlets that they work for anyway. Um, They have fuck all integrity left. They'll shit on anyone for a good story or a career advancement. It's a cut throw industry and it's one of the most competitive that there is now whilst you're a media student they harp on about journalistic integrity you know media law and ethics is a compulsory unit that we all have to complete and pass we're all trained and well aware of what is right and what is wrong and what we should be doing but it's how we act and report once we're out in the real world that truly matters and makes an impact now we're constantly told or we were told that our role in society is to seek the truth and report it. You know, we're the voice for the people. You know, that ethical journalism should be accurate and fair. We have to minimise harm. Beware of our own biases and make sure we don't allow them to determine how we present or write stories. Yet if I look at the media today, it seems that they don't actually stick to any of these principles or ethics, you know. It's not out wild, wild west out there. It really is. It's full of bias. It's full of unethical storytelling where we paint everyone who disagrees with us however we deem fit and minimum. And the, the whole minimise harm thing, if anything, that all they've done in recent times is maximise harm by poisoning society with the negative daily news cycle, the fear-driven hysteria. You know, they publicly humiliate anyone that disagrees disagrees with the mainstream narrative. There is no freaking, oh, you know, no, this isn't biased. It's all biased. You know, all sides are biased. We all have our own cognitive bias. We even choose what the hell we want to believe and think and whatnot because we have inherent cognitive bias now if you think thought you're immune to the mainstream media you're kidding yourself because although the media cannot tell us what to think it is stunningly successful in telling us what to think about and that's the key there you know it informs us about what is important and creates our realities for us basically you know one of my favorite professors jake lynch brought that to my attention and he also taught me peace journalism which i thought was super important and every single journalist should be trained in peace journalism However, I found out last year that apparently the degree had been removed from UCID and they've stopped teaching it completely. It's funny, you know, at a time where we need it most, it's apparently not that important anymore. 
because unlike traditional journalism, which presents us with, you know, winners and losers, clearly defined sides of us versus them, just like a sporting match, you know, um, peace journalism actually aims to accurately represent all voices involved, especially the majority of those on the ground that are living through the perceived conflict or the perceived reality that is happening, you know. Without this approach, it's only inevitable that the truth suffers. Um, basically the truth is almost impossible to discover once there's a distinction between us versus them for either side because people don't even care about the truth anymore. They just rely on their cognitive bias to basically um, choose what they want to believe in. That's all it is. Um, and if we continue to allow traditional forms of journalism to continue the way they are, you know, to be entirely focused on this like winning in a zero-sum game like we're in the middle of a war or like winners and losers like we're in a sporting game, we take away the ability of peace journalism being able to help us better understand the conflicts that exist. But they also don't allow us the opportunity for nonviolent responses or the accurate or correct responses that benefit the society as a whole, you know. I think the other problem is that we need to change our preferences and it's so, so hard because at the moment the world is moving at such a fast pace, especially with the introduction of social media and the way the internet has progressed. The problem is that we need news now. You know, we don't think about the quality of it, but we need to allow time for credible credible and deeper analysis. That should take priority over quick and fast news. Um, you know, we need to encourage and demand quality you know, journalism that helps us better understand and support like peaceful, long lasting results in society, not things that just need to pop up out of nowhere. You know, everyone at the moment is so focused on getting their information so quickly that they don't really even care whether it's right or wrong. It's like, I need it now. I need it to suit me. I need it to suit my cognitive bias. And that's what it's all come to, you know, and that's media. But what about society as a whole? Like, you know, society at large, when I think about it, when I first came into this country in December 2000, it was so, so different to what it is now. You know, I might have missed the Olympics, but I still felt the high from back then. There was this real proud Aussie spirit that filled the air. And you can just you can disagree, but it was definitely more proudly multicultural, more accepting. And over the last two decades, I felt like, especially the last decade, I feel like things have really shifted. You know, perhaps you could say, hey, look, I was probably more ignorant to certain things because I was still a child at the time. But I never really felt at the time that I was too ethnic for this place or that having my own beliefs and stance on certain things was a problem. Whereas now, you know, since this pandemic, this internal ugliness has really resurfaced, not only in Australia. No, I think it's the case in many, many Western countries, but we're focusing on Australia for the purpose of this podcast and my personal experience. And I want to ask a few questions. You know, what the hell happened to that great Aussie spirit? You know, what happened to giving everyone a go? What happened to being so open and accepting, being relaxed and easygoing with everything? You know, all of that, unfortunately, has been affected. And I understand that we have just gone through two years of a pandemic and we're going to a third year and things are tense. You know, people are just over it. We've done everything we were supposed to. We've been so vaccinated, so segregated, so obedient as and yet the situation is worse than ever, you know, economically, spiritually, physically and mentally for all. COVID is raging through this entire country. Everyone is on edge. People feel defeated, disheartened and some even feel cheated after everything, you know. And then we throw in this whole recent Djokovic situation into the mix. I personally don't care what your stance is on the vaccine. Honestly, according 
Anyway, but the way that this man was treated upon coming into this country is absolutely embarrassing and disgusting. You know, we are the laughingstock of the world and rightly so. And anyone in this country that continues applauding this treatment of another human being is exactly what's wrong with Australian society today. You cannot possibly think that this is okay. Deep down, you can't if you're really honest with yourself. You know, you can't possibly excuse the stupidity of this current government and pretend that this is normal and that this man deserves to be deported because you're pissed off due to your own personal reasons. That is the worst displacement of anger. And if you can't accept that it's displaced anger, boy, you've got some serious inner work to tend to. So sort your own first. Be angry at the politicians, you know, the people that have taken away your rights and put you in this shitty situation. Not a professional athlete who got screwed over and then used as an example after getting into this country. Has this ever happened anywhere else in the world? No. Would this happen to any other professional athlete at that level? No. Any human being? No. Well, possibly if you're coming into Australia because this is so much bigger than the whole Novak situation. You know, this has brought to light the appalling system that we have in place. You know, where refugees and people trying to come into this country are held in detention hotels for nine freaking years. You know, and to those shitting on Novak and claiming to be morally virtuous by saying the refugee should be the focus, not him, he can go home. Oh, you know what? Check yourself. If they hadn't also thrown him into that same hotel, would you really have posted about those refugees or those people stuck there for nine years? Would you even know about it? You know, you didn't give a shit about it before the freaking 6th of January, so settle down with the moral high ground you righteously claimed this past week. You know, Novak isn't the problem here. The problem here is this government, the lack of rapid antigen tests, the empty shelves in the supermarkets, the businesses and families in this country struggling after every massive COVID blow. Everything that was promised has turned to absolute shit. We didn't flatten the curve. We haven't gotten the virus under control and the vaccines as the only solution have failed. I get it. We're angry. We've all had enough of this crap. Let's let that be the key word there. All, the entire society. Nobody here is parading around loving life thinking everything is absolutely fabulous because it's not. But does this give any of you the right to sit there behind your screens, your keyboards and whatever and just shit on another human being? No, I don't care how much you disagree with them. You know, most people wouldn't have the courage to say 90% of the crap that they say online in real life. Yet, social media has given every idiot the platform and the courage to do as they please with no real repercussions. You know, I guarantee you if most of these people that are so ugly online spoke to people the way they do behind their phones, you know, they'd probably get punched in the faces, so they probably wouldn't. You know, I'm sick to death of hearing people proudly say how they've deleted family, friends, and families, and friends, and whoever else, you know, because, you know, they don't agree with what they've decided to do during this whole pandemic, or they don't agree with their stance and whatnot, you know, they don't want to take anyone's shit anymore. Well, what about your shit? What, does it stink less? Is it more perfect? I'm sorry. Like you've self-labeled yourself as a better human being because of a certain choice that you made. Honestly, I hate to break it to you, but if you're one of those who think that they're better than others, you're most likely not. You need a serious reality check. And I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there who don't want a bar of your shit, but they put up with you anyway. 
Now, at what point do we stop and think about how our decisions and our stupidity is affecting those around us? There is so much ugliness in this world right now. And the last thing that it needs is you dobbing on your neighbors, hating on people you know, you've known your whole life because of a personal decision and thinking that you know better than anybody else and thinking that what you do is so much more right than those around you. You know, you really need to take a step back, be kind, be compassionate and treat other human beings the way you expect to be treated. Because the way we treat people today is so, so wrong with the majority of people. And they don't realize that because unless somebody does that to them, unless that they are put in that situation when somebody else is shitting on them or putting them down or stomping all over them or wiping the floor with them, they don't understand. And I don't get it. Like, what has happened to society? Honestly, like that is my main question. I don't know what has, but I am sick to death of it. I'm sick and tired of seeing this ugliness in people prevail. I get it. We're all stressed. We've all had enough. We've all been through this roller coaster over the last few years and it's taken so much beauty and so much positivity out of life but we can't allow that like we can't allow to tr- like we can't behave the way we've been behaving honestly and it, it goes for every single person we've all like, we've all done something in the last few years or last couple of years or whatever that we pos- possibly if we look back at it now we think to ourselves you know what probably shouldn't have said that probably shouldn't have got into that online argument <laughs> probably should have just kept minding my own business you know, there was a situation today that I personally experienced. Uh, some Aussie TikToker went on and basically spoke uh, just disgustingly about Novak and put him down and told him he can go back and play in his empty tennis pools. Tennis, sorry, play tennis in his empty pools in Serbia. <coughs> oh, sorry, don't mind that cough. And I kind of got so, I mean, I got so offended by that because this is someone that obviously hasn't felt the pain and the the craziness that we would have felt and experienced during the 99 bombings. Obviously, this guy has no idea. He's grown up in a very sheltered society where they haven't really experienced much pain at all like realistically you know they haven't experienced war no one has had to fear for their life in this country no one that was born here anyway and to think that you would actually bring something like that up about a child that it's experienced war and that would have gone through like you know that would have been seriously harmed traumatized by all of that and you'd bring something like that up like that to me shows what kind of a low life and what kind of a shit human being you are And I genuinely felt like commenting and ripping him a new asshole, but I didn't. I held back and I thought to myself, you know what? This guy does not deserve any attention at all. He does not deserve a single word being said because he's that much of a scumbag. And then I, like, you know, it got me thinking and I ended up sitting down to write some of this stuff for this podcast. And I think so many more of us need to do that. We just need to stop and pause for a moment. And if it's not worth our time, it's not worth our energy, just don't give in to it. Honestly, our energy is being drained and wasted on so many other things at the moment. You know, whether it's turning on the TV and being absolutely drained, whether it's keeping up with the current situation, whether it's, you know, not knowing what the hell tomorrow brings and whatnot. But there are so many more important things to focus on at this time, you know, and I really, really hope that everyone pulls through. I really hope that things settle here. 
But I think that we need to need to seriously start holding people accountable, whether it's the media, we need to expect more professional and journalism with serious, like with more integrity, like at least more integrity. Honestly, we need to start holding journalists accountable and not just journalists, but these mainstream media outlets, you know, stop listening to them, stop watching them, stop giving them your time, um, find alternative news sources. And at the same time, stop giving time to the idiots that seriously drag you down or drag others down or bring negativity into your life in any way, shape or form. Do what's best for you. Stop expecting everybody else to sort of fit into your little expectations and your whatever else. Thanks for tuning in, guys. You know, I just, I needed to come on and have a little bit of a rant. I know it sounded, I must have been rambling like crazy. But anyway... It really helps. Honestly, I find this is so therapeutic. It's like a form of self-care. Basically, write things down, let shit off your chest. You know, whether you have to write it, say it out loud, talk to yourself if you have to in your mirror, whatever works. Um, Yeah, let all that negativity go. Release, bless and release and have a great week, guys. Hopefully, I'll see you again soon. (laughs) 